challenges to remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hi, and welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. So glad you joined us today. Uh, Every week or so, we get together and ask that question, what does it really mean to say yes to spirit? And if I were saying yes to spirit, how would I go through or get through whatever is going on in my life? (laughs) Go or get. Yeah. So we're so glad you joined us. Uh, I'm Tracy. I'm Leslie. And uh, today our theme is generosity. Mm. Generosity. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Do I sound surprised? <laughs> Wait. You're the one who suggested this. Theme. I know. I know. I remember clearly now when you said it why I did what I was thinking. So. Oh, good. At some so point cool. I'll have to share that possibly, right? Right. Yeah. But before we get to the theme for the week, we always connect the dots with the previous theme. And our most recent theme was sacred self. Sacred self. I could do like a a trifecta kind of connected up as well. Good. The theme before sacred self was salvation. Was salvation. And the idea of the connected up last week, I remember something about salvation, you know, being the thing that I am in if I'm living from my sacred self. And now I'm thinking clearly if I'm in salvation, living from my sacred self, that I would be naturally generous in all of my affairs. Do you see? That's a trifecta connected up. And I wonder how and long you I are listening to this <laughs> show. How long you are a part up. of the history. Trifecta. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad. I wonder if everybody heard what you just said at the end. I wonder how long I could keep that up. Because, see, you... You couldn't now, just be... Now it's going to become a thing, isn't it? For you. <laughs> Thank you. Now you will set that <sighs> expectation yes. of yourself and that I'll now you back. have to connect back. them for as many weeks That's back right. as you can. I wonder. Be, I, I'm sort of excited about the idea, but go ahead. I know you're not, so continue on. So that why I connect break up. up for today, <laughs> and uh, we're going to take a quick break. Then we'll come back. And talk about today's theme, generosity.
Welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit. Our theme today is generosity. So what was it that motivated <laughs> this theme? You know, um, many times when we end the show, you and I will talk about just sort of what's going on in our lives and how our lives are moving forward or backward. No, I should say my life moving forward or backward, your life moving forward, I'm sure, is all that happens. And um I'm sitting still. <laughs> Seeming to. <laughs> Apparently, it's apparent, appearing to, not really. And um, I can remember looking at something on your wall, and it had the word generous ah. in it. And I thought, in that moment, as I was about to leave, I was about to go into another event that I wasn't feeling very excited about. And I remember, can you imagine me feeling not excited about something? And um, I remember thinking, I don't have a very generous heart towards this person that I'm about to go spend time with. And I would never have thought of it in that term if I hadn't seen that word when I was connecting this, oh, this dreaded thing I have to go do. And so it occurred to me in that moment that I have a choice how I go into my experiences and I either go into them with a generous spirit or a generous heart from my sacred self, from the point of salvation. Do you see how I'm going to do this all the entire time now? But um, that's my choice and that clearly how I go into the situation, how simple is that, but, you know, that is what creates 85% of the experience. Um, Well, it actually creates 100% of the experience, although I can recall situations where I've gone in without a generous heart, perhaps, and then through the experience regained or reawakened to that. But um, certainly going in with that as an idea, and I can remember times in Al-Anon learning the concept of making a conscious choice before I go into a meeting or a social gathering or just any act with any other human that to make a conscious choice of bringing God or spirit into that experience. And um, that was back in the day when I had a very external concept of God. So I can remember in my car, sitting in my car before I'd go in somewhere, I would visualize this entity of something coming down from love and walking with me. You know, I think that's so cute. I feel so... Primitive. <laughs> I think back to those days, you know. But I think, but anyway, it was a very, very innocent, sweet little thing that I would do, and I would absolutely notice when I made that sort of process of bringing God into the third. That's what the Alamon sponsor told me. He make, you know, God the third or God the fourth or God, you know, put a seat at the table, you know, kind of thing right. for God. And uh, and it really affected the outcome of the event. And then last week when I saw Generous, I thought, boy, coming from my generous heart would change. And it was quite a lovely little exchange I had last week. It ended up just fine. And I appreciated that being on your wall, Tracy Brown. See how when we're open to things around us, I was saying... When we're paying attention. Yes, yes, what I was saying yesterday. I was saying, pay attention, Leslie. Pay attention. Like, the signs are always there for whatever we're looking for, and we just don't see them. I mean, I know I don't. You know, sometimes I get so busy and 
And then sometimes I'm not busy. I'm just not paying attention. <laughs> I'm just like on a, you know, on a roll or on a pattern. And I look at my calendar. Oh, these are the things I need to do. Okay, I go do them. And I'm not looking at the environment. I'm not paying attention right. to really anything except maybe the task. And um, and I'm sure the signs for what I, you know, am asking for or trying to create are there. And I just emits them, right? So there, I mean, they're still going to be there, or you know, but am I, am I going to pay attention? So I had a conversation with uh, someone a few days ago who, speaking of signs, um, and then I'll bring it back to generosity, but was very upset because she was very upset because she learned. What seemed like accidentally that someone who had been a friend in the past but she hadn't been in touch with had had passed, had died. And she was pretty upset about it because, you know, she felt like, on the one hand, I haven't been in touch with this person, but I really cared about them, I really liked them, and, you know, wow, you know, I feel bad because I've lost the time I could have had with this person in physical form, and now I'm really lost for the rest of my life from having contact with this person. Uh, she was also pretty upset because there was a part of her that was, feel, you know, we have this this new thought guilt thing of how did I create this, and, you know, and, well, and she had said, <laughs> wow. No, and it made sense because she. Has There's no new thought thing that says I can create anything well, in anybody no, else's life. No, listen. Well, yeah, actually, we There's do. There's a new thought thing that I can create no, something in your say, life. That's why we I don't do treatments for do people you? who don't request it oh. because you could bring shift the energy Good of the gosh. universe. But I'm but powerful. Oh well, wow. but yeah, because she had said some things when they had talked to laugh ah. about him going in the wrong direction. Uh. And if he kept going in that direction, yeah. he could die. Ew. <laughs> she said that? Well, I know. I'm, I'm, she didn't probably say it quite that way, but that was the point of the conversation, wow. that the direction you're going in is not good or healthy mm. and it's very dangerous and the people you're hanging out with and, you know, this isn't going anyplace good. And really hadn't talked to him in a long time since that conversation. So did, you know, she influenced by, you know, Right, that. sure. I get that. Um, and anyway, she was very upset. And we talked about it and we talked through it and we talked about, you know, a lot of different things. And then when I talked to her just a day or two later, what happened was amazing because once she got out of the 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 pain of the um, the mourning the immediate sense of shock and mourning and sadness Guilt. and once she got out of the second layer right. of did I do anything to influence this <clears throat> even by not my not reaching out could I have helped right. stop I get this? that right sure sure so you Human know thought. what was my part in yeah. this Human thought. Okay. then she started seeing all these signs of how just like she got that message or got the information what seemed like coincidentally, like nobody actually sent her a message, but she, you know, saw something and that let her know this person had died. She realized that their connection 
was as strong as she always thought it was because then she looked back over the previous six months. He had died like like almost a year ago. And she thought of things that happened over the last six months that very well were representations of him, mm-hmm. you know, his spirit, his soul, communicating with her, sending her a sign that actually he had passed on. Actually, he wasn't... He wasn't in pain anymore or danger anymore. Actually, but she hadn't noticed any of the signs because she wasn't looking for him. Of course. She, you know, he wasn't on her radar screen, and so she wasn't interpreting what was going on as, oh, you know, that's something only he knew about me, and why is it coming up now? Or, oh, we have this same friend, and I could post a question on Facebook, you know, but. And it was like, oh, these signs were here all along. But today or yesterday, I actually paid attention and then went into this spiral without thinking about, oh, if I had been paying attention, I would have known, yes, he had passed, and yes, he was trying to let me know he was okay for months. So, yeah, if we look up and we see something or we notice, sometimes I think I notice certain posts that people make on Facebook. You know, you don't see every post of every friend on Facebook every day. But sometimes I'll see a post that someone, you know, did, and I'll be like, okay, that was the exact message I needed to hear today. There's, And this is somebody whose posts, you know, I don't normally see. Right. And they post all the time, but I don't normally see it. It's like, okay, pay attention. This is for you. So now how does all of that come back to generosity? I know. Go ahead, though. You do? I do. How does that come back no, to generosity? No, but I, I, mean, I want to hear what you had to say first. I'll remember. <laughs> Mine. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm writing it down so I don't forget. <laughs> so... Um, there are three things. One of the reasons that, that came up for me as we were talking about generosity is because it links to also what I was doing as we started the show. So this being in prayer with and for people, mm. um, it's so interesting because for me it fits right into what is one of the most generous things I do in my life. Mm. nowadays. Um, and it's amazing to me how the the power of prayer <clears throat> has always, you know, been been interesting and obvious. Um, but when people ask me to pray for them, I generally translate in that my mind that I'm praying with them. Right. Not for them. But even if it stays in the language of for them, it's like it's the most generous thing I can do to get out of the way myself to be completely open to the presence and power of God and to affirm what I know to be the spiritual truth of them as well as of myself. And to do that in a way, I mean, you really, what I, the more I do it, the more I realize <clears throat> I have to get, I have to get Tracy out of the way and just be completely 
not even open, completely open the spirit expressing through me, but generous, that givingness, that generosity, that giving nature of spirit, to know that it is so true that my words and my energy are giving that person the peace, the balance, the joy, the health, the harmony, the wholeness, the whatever it is that the prayer is grounded in. And to feel in those moments what it might might feel like to be that generous, to be as generous as God, to give whatever that person needs. It's like, wow. Yes. It's very intimate. It's an intimate energy. And expansive. Yes, yes. And and sort of almost like the essence of who we are. Right, right. Yeah. So it was, as we were starting the show, someone had texted me asking for... Um, prayer for spiritual mind treatment around something really specific that's going on right in this moment. So we were starting the show, and I was trying to text, you know, a a prayer at the same time, which was a little challenging (laughs) because I wanted to be in the specific moment of the show and the expansive nature that knows no time and space of God. So I actually can say I was I have learned to bi-locate. Bi-locate, Trace. I was just about to say. That's it. Your dream has been always to uh, walk yeah. through the wall. <laughs> My dream has been to bi-locate. And I did that. Wow. Which might be the same kind of concept, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, yes. You know, and what you said about the generosity of spirit, mm-hmm. that's how I was connecting the dots of, of your talking about signs and being aware of things and, and the concept of paying attention. Um, I have always kind of had little little um, nuggets of things that I look for. Redbirds has always been one of them. Um, when my uh, mother and father were married, my, my father's mother needlepointed them a redbird for their wedding gift. And that stayed in a frame in our hallway growing up. And when my grandmother, woman who needle pointed that, died, um, we had been living in the house that we'd been living in for probably, I don't know, 11 or 12 years. And um, the very next season, uh, Mama and Papa Redbird came and nested in our backyard for the very first time. And then every season thereafter, and we always said, that's Granny. <laughs> and so I've always had that kind of as a trigger or sign of, you know, there's there's... There's something bigger and better and more wonderful going on here than we know. And so that's one example of a lot of little things. And and just I always have known or felt that the flow, and I'm going to see if I can describe this. It's so interesting having this conversation really recently. But it's like the flow, many times I see it in 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 hindsight. Yes. If I follow it, if I'm in it, Mm-hmm. then I see why I did what I did four days ago, three days ago, a week ago, a month later. And if and if I'm resistant to this impulse or this tiny little thing or this noticing of something and this sense of go do this or say this or buy this or don't buy that or turn right, and, and it seems maybe so inconsequential in the moment, but if I follow it, 
then it naturally then allows the next thing to happen, the next thing to happen that then unveils to me the the reason for the initial little nudge. And so many times in the past, if I had that little nudge and nothing came when I followed it, I think, well, that was silly, that was stupid. I I didn't have the broader awareness of tracking things days, months, weeks later and understanding the little tiny thread that's connecting it all. And when I think about the generosity of spirit is spirit's been such a patient teacher for me (laughs) because it's like the signs keep coming and the opportunities keep coming and it's never a lack or, or, or never diminishing. There's always signs. There's always little nudges. And my um, my following or not following is not the thing that causes them to be present or them to manifest or become more. It's just the generosity spirit of nature and spirit. That's just it. Just is. <coughs> yeah, I love I love that that it, whether I pay attention or not right. has nothing to do with whether the signs are offered whether whether spirit is being generous in supporting me or not. It's kind of like, okay, if I'm not paying attention, but I've been really clear that um, it's time for a new job, I'm ready for a new job, and, you know, whatever, and and I'm missing the sign, and I turn, you know, I, I, I respond to ads for, maybe five jobs that I'm really not interested in. They're not what I've been saying I want. And there's this one, someone says, call Leslie and talk to her. But I don't call Leslie because I don't really know Leslie. It's like, okay, so that's the the sign, and I don't do it. It's not really, you know, I just don't do it. So I go for these five jobs. I don't get them. And then maybe I don't ever call Leslie, but then somebody else says, call John. And then I finally call John. It's like, yeah, okay, the universe is still going to send me that lead I need. It's just maybe I don't get there in as direct a route as I could if I were in the flow, Mm -hmm. if I were really conscious and intentional about being in the flow. Um, and if I'm not so headstrong about I know how to do this, I know how to get this done, I know best. Mm. Right, right, right. And um, and I think that's where, like for me especially, when I, when I am using my spiritual practice to move in a certain direction, you know, really being intentional, um, I do my spiritual practice always, and it's always in the intention of being open to the presence of spirit and, um, you know, and living a life that represents love and all of that. But I often realize I don't use my spiritual practice not so much to get a specific thing, but to really lock in on a certain direction or a certain vision or a certain path. So when I and I notice when I do that, I also notice like the words on the sign or the book on the shelf or mm-hmm. the the small little <laughs> signs that are always there that represent the generosity of spirit, knowing what I need in order to live a life I love. Right. And 
And there's a fabulous movie. I wish I remember the name. It had Matthew Perry, the guy from Friends in it. And um, mm, mm, Psylix, what's the last name of a very cute actress. And she was pregnant. They got, they had like a one-night stand kind of thing. But she was all into the signs of life. And the, she was into the spiritual side and the ooey-ooey kind of, you know, look for things and you'll know what to do. And this is telling us to do this. And... And he was very pragmatic, and he had a very good business, and he didn't ever do that, you know. And it was, what a fabulous journey she took him on, opening him up to this thing. It's almost like I see it as like we put on these glasses, and we see what's always been there. And it reminds me, um, I don't know if there's a book or a movie or something recently. There was an interview of someone that had written or done a movie about this man that had a pair of glasses that he put on, he picked up off the ground and he put on and he was able to see people's truth. When he would get on the bus and he would look at someone and he would say, see, just lost job, thinking about killing myself. You know, just found out I'm pregnant, don't know if my boyfriend will stay with me or not. And he, these glasses allowed him to see things as they, you know, people really are. And, and he was so, he became aware of how unaware he was. Yeah. And I believe that if I'm really in that flow moment, I I might not know just lost job, I'm thinking about killing myself, but I'll have a sense of people around me that I don't know. And I have had strangers, people say be angels, you know, I think think in human form, if we're attuned or uh, awake, we can impact even strangers' lives with a word or a smile or a thought or a nudge or a connection there was a woman yesterday um i'm trying to think where i was i was walking in somewhere and there were two small girls for two children and they were like i don't know 10 or 11 and they were talking and they were kind of blocking where i wanted to go and i kind of stood there kind of for a minute waiting for them to kind of you know get the hell out of my way it was somewhere in the back of my mind but i mean <laughs> you not see me standing here trying to get by it was a part of being, women no we're oblivious we're 10 years old and so I assume it was their mother or something, and she just kind of looked at me, and she smiled, and she touched me. And so rarely I touch people all the time, but so rarely does anybody else touch. She touched my back, and she said, I hope you're having a good day. And she just said that, and when she said that, when she touched me, I mean, it was like this energetic kind of calm, and I thought, there's a little angel. There's a little reminder. There's a little something, and then I just easily could walk around the young girls, right? There's more than enough room for me to walk around, but I, 30 seconds ago, needed them to move, right? But it was such a fascinating exchange, and I, you know, again, the generosity of people and the energy of spirit, it's just always there in, in, in very tangible ways sometimes. But that's a great and perfect story for me to hear today because, um, a little bit in a few hours after the show today, I'm actually going to be traveling. So um, that's a really good story for me to have in mind as I go to the airport and have to go through the lines <laughs> of security and sitting in the you know waiting area with people with that don't move. <laughs> it's like okay, see me here. What's wrong with you? That I could actually have a different. Uh, perspective, and I could be generous in 
spirit. Right. Now, that's actually an interesting phrase, generosity of spirit. Yes. Because often when we just see the word generosity or we hear it's important to be generous, uh-huh. we think, humanly, we think that I have to give people something tangible, money, or something right. that has its money or has monetary value that right. will be impressive for whatever the situation is. And it's interesting that we've been talking about generosity for, I don't know, 20 or 25 minutes, <clears throat> and we, like, never, <laughs> ever talked about money or mm-hmm. gifts right. um, as the representation of generosity. And, you know, it is funny cause because of the way it came to me when we were standing in your room. It didn't really kind of have a money content for me, and I... I I didn't I haven't thought of it in that term, but then when you started talking, I was like, yeah, that's right, that would be it, right? You know, philanthropy, giving money, being generous, being. Or we say, you know, people are really generous, and you know, they they gave their last dollar, or they are really right. generous with their time. You know, they are always here, like at the at churches, or you know, often it's like, who are your best volunteers? Well, it's interesting to me that so often what happens is people think who is there the most, who volunteers the most time. They could be volunteering a lot of time and be like the eye of the tornado, you know, that everywhere they go, they might be on 10 teams and in the course of, you know, a month be at your church 15 or 20 times but nobody likes to work with them or, you know, they're always the troublemaker or, you know. So they're generous. <laughs> in an irritating kind of way, Tracy, is that what you're trying to say? I mean, isn't that isn't interesting if we said, you know, generosity and who are your, you know, who are some of your volunteers who are very generous, the first thing that comes to mind is the people who are there the most. Right. And that may or may not be a good thing. That may or may not be a good metric to you. Can you imagine going up to a volunteer and saying, "Can you be not so generous?" <laughs> could, you, could you only could you go from volunteering on ten teams? That's to not two? evil. That's evil. No, it, actually, if that did happen in the real world, and luckily in in our particular church or spiritual community, um, I, that doesn't apply. At least. I I can't think of people that applies to, um, but luckily that the reality from a leadership point of view is that that's an opportunity to that's really a call to help that person develop different communication skills or a, you know to bring their total spirituality to their presence because if they're, especially in the church now that may not be true in you know a lot of other settings but in a church to really bring forth time plus how you how you show up, how you give feedback, how you um, provide leadership is, is important as well. And, and to have that context of, you know, if you're in a Christian church, you know, could you imagine Jesus saying it that way? And it is a... a, a a fascinating thing to look at the different ways that we consider being generous 
time, money, uh, you know, contribution of thought or being in prayer. Um, one of the things that our church does, and Tracy participates as a practitioner, they'll have practitioners that will, what do you call it? It's a very kind of holy kind of thing that you say, hold the space. Is that the, there's a little oh. ooey ooey term, hold the space, be the container. They'll sit at different parts of the church and hold the space of the church. I always think that kind of makes me laugh because I think, what will happen if you don't hold it? Where will it go? Since it's always present, right? Exactly right. Always, I'm like, hold the space. Where am I holding? But I use it, too. I say I'm holding good thoughts. Holding consciousness, holding Um, intention. So the generosity can come in so many different forms. And as you said in the very beginning of the first example, if I am living in spirit, then the generosity just simply is. And to... To see the world, myself, the people around me, all things as generous, that's such a different way of looking at the world than a you know, a frightening or this person's gonna to try to take advantage of me, or this person's gonna to try to take my money, or this person's gonna to try to take my time, or this person's gonna and um and that even those words as I'm saying them I feel my energy, you know, shutting down, you know, preparing for a hurricane. I always see the, you know, close the flaps, put the right. windows, put the wood over the windows. So if if I experience or expect, I guess, the world to be not generous, it actually collapses my energy. And like you said, when I'm experiencing <coughs> generosity energy, it's a very expansive, there's always more, there's never a limitation, um, it's a it's a very opening kind of experience energetically when I think in terms of generosity. And that is always a good <clears throat> a good test when you are evaluating what to do or not to do, what to continue or not to continue. Does it expand me? Right. Or does it do I feel contracted? Do I feel expanded, open, growing? Or do I feel like I need to, like I'm shutting down, contracted, hunched over? Um, It's always a good test for for just about anything when you realize how you're reacting and how you're thinking. Right, right, right. Yes. And the idea of, of of living from a generous state really is living out of a spirit state, living in a spirit place, there would be nothing but more and more and more and more to give. I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. I think that's a good thought. (laughs) Or two. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the terms of, um, I've always been pondering the idea of um, tithing, tithing. Tithing. Tithing, giving 10% of my income to the church. And the idea that that, you know, flows over, comes comes back, right? Is there some reference somewhere to that, right? And um, in our our church, I often hear the, the concept of, you know, the tithing can be, you know, money, time, and energy, which I think is just a nice way of really trying to make us feel better if we can't, don't give 10%. But I think the idea is, you know, to to give that money, to give that ten percent, 
And um, that concept um, of, of the circulation, of I'm giving out so that something comes back to me. And I know that, you know, it's an arbitrary thing in some ways because, of course, churches are businesses and they have to have money to, to function. Absolutely get that. But um, instead of saying we need money to function, it always seems to be packaged in this way. If I put out something, I'll get something. If I put out something, I'll get something. And so I'm always fascinated. I feel this natural kind of restriction around that because it's just like, well, I'm only going to tithe because you're telling me there's a candy at the end of the tithing. You're telling me I get a I get a popsicle. You know, if I give you one popsicle, I'm going to get two. And so I'm tithing to get my two popsicles, really. I'm not tithing because church is a business and it needs money and I get that and here's my, you know, 50 bucks. Um, but I'm tithing because I have this, this message that's being said, oh, good things will come to me and if I, you know, and even... Sometimes, even at our ooey ooey church, you even sort of get the message of if you don't, if you don't, then you're not going to receive anything. I'm like, ooh, we don't want to say that. It's kind of like, don't tell someone that they're going to die. But um, and so it's such an interesting concept of giving, of giving out in order to get back. And I, I will play that game with um, homeless people or people on the street. And if I feel like they, they, if I see someone that needs money and I don't give them money, I had this message, oh, you're going to be homeless one day and nobody's going to give you money because you didn't give them money. So then I'm only really giving them money so that you won't to be bank them. on it if in case I happen to then I'll get money or that I won't be them. I am so you see in the agreement between that your the generosity? mind is a dangerous place to walk. <laughs> I do not want to live your mind. Don't go there alone. But it but but that's not real generosity. No, it's and not. And I've really that's not pondered that throughout my life. And what I'm always fascinated with because because manipulation uh-huh. and generosity externally can look exactly the same. And you have no and idea. Nobody can know. What it really is the intention, except for the person, or me, really, because I do think I have a third eye that can see that, and others know what their intention is, sometimes, if I'm really in the flow. But anyway, um, the idea that it's the um, intention that drives the thing that comes back to me. Exactly. So it's not, if I give you 10 bucks, I'm going to get 20 bucks. If I'm giving you ten bucks just to get the twenty bucks, exactly. It's not that's not generosity. That's not tithing. That's not. Yeah. Sorry. It's interesting though, and I but don't think I'm look, the only one that thinks. But it can look. The I think same. there's at least three other people out there. That <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, the whole conversation around tithing is is a very interesting one because it. Um, it can be really confusing, you know. But it, it seems to cloak this whole idea of being generous. You know, it can be really confusing. And get back. One of the things I do like about about um, our spiritual community is that there is a discussion about tithing, and then there is also a discussion. It's like they don't the discussions about 
the operations for the center and the budget and how it's created and all of that is not collapsed, in my opinion. It's not collapsed into the same conversation as tithing. And so even that the concept of, you know, make your pledge based on what you are willing to give that will serve the operation of this center is, I think, it's pretty clear. And then the budget stuff that comes back and the uh, goals that are set and discussed at the beginning of the year are about, you know, based on what you said you you are willing to pledge, and there's no requirement for you to tithe, but what you're willing to pledge to the operations of the center, this is the budget we've come up with. Now, here's the budget we'd like, and, you know, that's the goal that's set, but in the last three years, at least in the initial, at the end of the initial pledge campaign, the actual pledges didn't meet the desired budget. So then the staff comes back and says, okay, this is going to be, you know, we're going to operate within this budget because you all are the people that are part of the community. Um, and the conversation about tithing and what is a tithe and why you tithe usually isn't collapsed totally into that process. At least for me, it seems right. like it's it's separated. But I do remember, you know, growing up, there was no conversation about what money is given. It was all you're giving your money to God, you know, and you are required to tithe, and you're giving your money to God. And then there'd be just kind of like you said, you know, if you've got a brain in your head, you're looking at, okay, this money, how how do I really see this money is going to God? I I see it going to this building. I see it going to the minister. I see the minister driving a Cadillac. Um, how is it going to God? You know, there was there was a, it was a little messy, and it was a little unclear. And yes, it felt like if you didn't tithe, you would be punished for not tithing, but it wasn't really clear what the reward was for tithing, except you're following the Ten Commandments, or you're following, actually it wasn't the Ten Commandments, but that's how it felt as a child. You know, oh, this is like a commandment, this is a requirement. And um, don't I get something if I, don't I get, I thought I got something. Ten times over or something. Don't I get something? <laughs> that. And that, that to me is a sticky wicket that, that was planted somewhere in my head. Yes, if I, I see. If it I was. give, then I'm going to get. And I don't ever want to give just to get. Exactly. And that's a real big, you know, that's a huge thing in the, in therapy and working with couples or working in, you know. You give out people. of love and you give out of gratitude and you give out of um, lots of places, but you don't give as a condition for for receiving in in relationships, and the same thing is true with tithing. But it's fascinating to watch couples have been married a long time. You know, coming to therapy, and the wife will say, "I, you know, this is just one, it's sort of a superficial example, but it's true. You know, I have cooked dinner for him for fifteen years or whatever, and he has brought me roses once, mm-hmm. and it was like this, you know, this this idea of quick pro quo, whatever that word, you know." And, and and I'm always like, 
so were you just cooking dinner to get the rose? You know, and I get the concept. I think it's a very slippery slope because we should both be giving to each other. But if I'm just giving to get the rose and not communicating, honey, I'd like to have a rose every now and again. I mean, it's a both-and kind of thing. I need to communicate. I love cooking dinner for you, and I love when you bring me roses or something like that. But, you know, how often do I really just give and have just no attachment to anything coming back? How often do I just, you know, say hi to somebody and have no attachment, whether they just walk by me without saying hi, or, you know, I'm always asking Sally Sue how her day is, and how attached am I to the fact that Sally Sue never asks me? And then do I stop asking Sally Sue how her day is? never asked Never asked me how my day is. (laughs) And so how... You know, where where does that come up? And, and then, oh, my goodness, then we live in a society where if I'm continually giving or excited to give or just this kind of endless flow of giving and not getting back, then I'm labeled codependent or wishy-washy <laughs> or, you know, pie in the sky or rose-colored glasses or stupid or, you know, <laughs> stupid let me just really come to what I've been called. So... You know, we have this sort of expectation of someone that just gives aimlessly is is kind of the stupid one, the silly one, the, the one that's not very smart. And then I'm thinking, wow, that just doesn't make any sense, you know, because that's supposed to be the thing. Isn't that the goal, to just give and give and give and give? Well, if, in fact, we want to uh, live and express and be an example of Christ consciousness, if, in fact, we want to live, express, and be an example of God in human form, operating in, as, and through us, then generosity would just be a natural part of who we are and what we do. Right. Because we know that spirit has no, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Pro quo? Well, yeah, I want to use quid pro quo. Spirit's not looking for anything back. Spirit's got everything spirit needs. Well, and it's not doing it to get approval or to get right. us to do anything. Spirit gives because that is the nature of spirit, yes. to give mm-hmm. and to give abundantly, right? Freely, yeah. Freely abundantly, with love, with from right. a spirit of love. Because right. I am love, that which I have is, it is my pleasure to give. So the scripture, you know, it's my pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's it's my pleasure to give because I do know that there can be no running out of love, of abundance, of prosperity. So I can give it knowing it is always renewed. It is always available. And we do live in a world that has boundaries of time and space and energy and all kinds of things that are part of the human existence. That we believe. And so <laughs> and so that doesn't mean that. that does mean that if I have a job and I make twenty dollars an hour and I you know, I make $50,000 a year, and that is my income, it doesn't mean that I give away $50,000 a year 
<clears throat> and ignore my responsibility to take care of myself, to have a place to live, to, you know, have food for my kids, etc. But it does mean, because that, you know, I have that and I have a responsibility to have a life. It does mean that once I take care of my basics, that which I have that is surplus, I can share. And it also means I can be generous with the resources that I use, that I create with that $50,000. So if I have a three-bedroom house and I make $50,000 a year and I don't have a lot of financial excess, but someone I know <clears throat> or someone in my church or someone in my family is having a really hard time, they could come live with me. Right. It's generous in all sorts. Yeah. Right. So ways. generosity is not just in dollars. Right. So I can have that generosity of spirit. And if I have someone come live with me, it doesn't mean that I'm not generous if I've set some boundaries around that. So you are welcome to come and live with me for 60 days. And while you're in my house, these are kind of our house rules. But I'm still being generous. It doesn't mean that then they get to come and stay with me and, you know, and just do whatever they want. And there's always the concept of being generous to myself first taking care of myself first. Oh, my. And Do you really enough, want to go there? have enough water in my bucket to be able to then be generous to someone else because I can't really be generous to anyone until I'm really generous to myself. Yeah. So so I think I think it's kind of like we, we started without talking about, like, the physical money, things, mm-hmm. all of that. <clears throat> And I think it's like that conversation is leading us right back to, you know, but the the real generosity is generosity of spirit. And so how we express that generosity varies, right, based on what we have to offer. But we always can offer generosity of spirit, always, even if we're not, even if we don't have money or um, or a lot of time. So the woman in the example you shared, you know, who just gently touched you and said, I hope you're having a great Isn't day. Isn't that great? I mean, that that is a very generous, like I'm, I am actually putting that in mind while I'm in the airport this afternoon mm-hmm. to go into the airport with this idea of Tracy be generous in spirit. And I tend to do that in a conscious and intentional way with the security staff and the airline staff because I'm really aware that even if everything looks really good right now, an hour ago they might have been slammed or yesterday, you know, the computers went down for an hour and they were having angry people yell at them or 15 minutes from now somebody who's late for their flight is going to come and be rude to them and trying to get them to like do you know pay attention to to their needs because they're late. So I'm actually pretty. I travel enough that I'm pretty intentional, and I'm but I haven't thought about it as generosity of spirit. But that's really what it is. I go out of my way to be to have a friendly manner and a compassionate manner 
with the TSA security folks and with the gate agent. But what <laughs> if forget the people in the bathroom and people walking right, on the tarmac what, with you? What about all the other people? <laughs> the other fifty thousand people you'll see in there. So two trays. Open that up. So today I'm everybody <laughs> thinking really about walking in like and being it. a yes. and 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 taking that idea that concept and turning it into a physical expression in what I say and do right. Right. the whole time I'm at the airport. Yeah. It would be interesting. It would be fascinating because I, I love doing that. And I love being in elevators and random places. It's, it's really it's, it's fun for me. And having that woman do it to me yesterday, that sounded bad. But having that woman say that to me yesterday... Because it, it was really <clears throat> apparent that she saw my frustration, and I, I'm assuming they were her children. And she could have easily said, oh, girls, come over here. But she did such a wise thing. Was she, she took the opportunity to just re-ground me to, I hope you have a good day. I, you know, I remember, but it was all focused on me and reminding me you have a choice, little one, right here, right now. How are you going to handle this? You, you can, can you have can a good see day. God in your day. Yeah, you can. God in my day. <laughs> exactly right. You can tell these little girls the other way. You can walk around these little girls. You can stand here and stare at them and see how long that takes to be effective. You know, I can see her. You know, all in that moment, I felt her saying, "Here's your choices." And at the end of all of them, it's your choice whether you have a good day. And I hope you do. I hope you make it. It was. All, it, I mean, it was just such an amazing moment of energy. Of I love that. I hope you have a good day. Reminder: that's your choice. Well, and and you're right. You would find that fun to go through the airport the because the you're a, a very much an extrovert, and I am so much an introvert right. that it for me to. <laughs> So it'll be fun for you. It'll be uh, an adventure. It, it'll be and it, right. If I look at it as an wish adventure, I could go. as an adventure, it will be. And and so now, not only so, it's like okay, it'll be an adventure, <laughs> and I can do a video. I would love And that. I can, you know, I'll have two or three videos about my experience that I can post on my Facebook That's page. That's right. That's right. And so now it's like okay, but I have to do all of that. I couldn't just do, this do prep it. Work. You have right. to like psych yourself up for it. But it won't be hard because actually I walk in this generosity of spirit often. Silently. <laughs> right. It's just I don't express right. it to right. other people. Right. right, right, right. Because, you know, I have my space and they have theirs. And I wouldn't. It's better when I wouldn't everybody stays in their space. That's right. So, yep, yep. So, that, so that'll be that's my homework for this week's topic of generosity. And you know that you bring up an interesting to- thought there. If I'm being generous, mm-hmm. and I and I and I, uh, you know, the idea of giving anonymously, so that there's no way you know you can give in within wanting something back. So mm-hmm. I I get the financial side of that generosity in the financial terms of that. But in other terms of, if I'm really a giving of my spirit, that's that's an extrovert kind of thing. I mean, to some extent, that, you know, that's a um, reaching into and out in the world 
like that woman did, like somebody that holds the door open, like you, you know you might ponder today as you see different people on the you know how can I tangibly give out? And yes, I know you're saying you can be generous in mind and spirit and hold a thought and be that. And yes, you can. But but it's like to be completely in that flow, it's got to come out of me. It, 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 it's got to ripple out from me in, in a tangible way as well. Well, so I may be following you and I may not, but I absolutely don't agree with you. <laughs> absolutely that was agree with perfect. You. I may be following you or I may not. I might not even know what you're saying, but I'm definitely not agreeing with you. <laughs> That's great, Tracy. I love it. I feel so affirmed. I don't know which one I'm doing, but well, you're wrong. we don't have to agree. I don't know what you're saying. No, because yes. I don't agree with you doesn't make you wrong. It just means I don't agree with you. So, oh, right, from right. From this perspective of, um, because I think a lot of times extro- extroverts are not um, necessarily being generous in their extroversion. I mean, they're getting what they want out of it. Right. So they're not adapting to the people around them and what would be, you know, it's generous because I'm offering you my opinion and my view of the world. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. And from an introvert perspective, I think my generosity of spirit shows up in lots of ways. It's just not as often that I'm going to assume I should step into someone else's world. But if something happens right in front of me, you know, I, I'm, I'm right there in action. Right. But I'm not as extroverted about it as I probably will be today since that's my homework assignment. <laughs> um, and so I th- and it's, it goes back to me as I was listening to you, for what you to what you said earlier about the behavior can look the same. Right. But you don't know the intention behind it. Right. We never do. And so that's the piece that it's like, no, the behavior can look the same, and you won't know whether someone's an introvert. And it'll look like they're being generous. But if they're being generous because, if they're doing that because they're trying to get something out of it, their own self-satisfaction, right. that's not really generosity. It's just them showing up in in their extrovertness or in their whatever. <laughs> So I think um, it's a both and it's a both and. I you know, like so many there things. You, you don't like both and. I but I thought that was very generous of me to say that. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually the one saying both and and you're like, No, it's this or this. Okay, so um that's it for generosity. Our time is just about up. We're so glad you joined us and we hope that you will join us again soon. Until we meet again, a yes Yes to the spirit.
Alexa, play Imagine Dragons. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.